Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, a truly magical way to experience your favorite books through oral tradition and storytelling. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast for your free audiobook. We are here today. Because we need to talk about something very important, and that is DIY magic, intuitive magic. This is for all the kitchen witches. We really wanted to share with everyone ways that you can be your own guide and create your own spells, your own potions, your own rituals, and how everything can be understood symbolically. So we're just going to jump right in. Today we have our full cast, and I'm so excited. My name is Tosca. Hey, I'm Tony. I'm Shady. Isabella here. So what do you guys like to do for your own crafty magic? Like just one little example of something that you do that's uniquely your own kind of spell that you made up. Tony here. So I like to make a lot of food. So generally I don't use recipes. I get to just follow my intuition in the kitchen, which is so pleasing to say. That was really nice. Um, but yeah, just being able to use all of my senses, uh, smell, taste, touching things in the kitchen. I get to make things that Honestly, I don't know if other people would like the food that I make specifically for myself. I go hard in the kitchen. Um, so that always feels like spell work. Can you give us an example? So like in general, when I make recipes for other people, I'll use far less garlic, far less um, like forward herbs like cumin or paprika, things that are really could turn someone off. Mm. I cut the onion in half instead of like doing the whole thing. So you really spice it up. I really do. I really get very involved with the assortment of things that I'm putting in. I like to vary colors and textures and spices. I like to hit all the points of the tongue. I like to let things linger. I pair with what I'm drinking and that could be like that could be like a really good pilsner or a fancy wine or just, you know, water with a mint instead of just regular water. You know, you can fancify anything. Flowers in your pitcher of water always makes you feel better. Like it always makes me smile. That's a very flower fairy tip. Like just add flowers <laughs> to your water and on your pillows. <laughs> That's my kind of magic for sure. <laughs> Amazing. I love that we're rubbing off on each other. 
shady here. I feel like for me, um, I use fashion and style a lot. I feel like that's not a usual mode or method, but I feel like playing with different colors, with different like silhouettes and just playing dress up in general, uh, being like, I want to create this like crazy futuristic post-apocalyptic outfit, you know? Um, and I guess kind of in the same way as Tony said with the food, just kind of, you know, going by how I feel. Like sometimes I'll start out with like a piece that I really like and just like build off from that. And I feel like it uh, gets me in a good mood. So when you decide to like put together an outfit, is it more a feeling that you have and then you get up and you solve a problem by picking an outfit? Or is it like something speaks to you and somehow it was exactly the outfit you needed that day? Um, I feel like sometimes I go in with a feeling or a kind of like image that I want to create. So it's like, I want something more like warrior-ish or I do want something like super feminine and just kind of seeing how that looks on you and changes you is interesting. Do you feel like it's an energetic shift when you try different outfits? Definitely, because I feel like you're kind of donning different roles and masks, and that's just really fun to express yourself visually that way. Because I'm thinking about... Um, times when I started getting into a lot of color because I used to just be like a monochrome like I only wear black and white and neutrals and then I was like wait a second I'm kind of bored and I started wearing red I feel like a couple winters ago and I was oh, like this I remember is... the red phase. I've, I've gone through major color phases so yeah the red that happened for a couple months and then I was in the yellow for quite a bit mm. and now I'm like maybe I need to get back into the yellow to feel like that creative kind of energy again if you want to stalk Shady's Instagram, there was a series of photo shoots in which she had this yellow Kill Bill outfit, and it was so amazing. <laughs> Money. Yes. What color should I wear next, guys? I'm thinking orange. Mm. I'm really feeling orange lately. Orange, orange for fall. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love to get creative and crafty with my magic, and sometimes, like, it's really fun to take note of what you have around you and see how you can make it magical. And I think what transforms it is your your will and what intention you place behind it. So, I mean, looking in front of me right now, I have a massive thing of honey, a golden pomegranate statue, and a bowl of fruit. And from there, I could totally make a ritual that is about honoring the harvest and bringing sweetness into my life. And I think for me, making my own spells is so important because I'm the creator of my own destiny. And there's something really empowering about not going out and spending a lot of money. And while that's really fun, just really seeing what you can do with what you have. One of my favorite sort of intuitive magic things that I do is by my front door, I have a living seasonal altar and it's just like a small little wooden table and I change the co cloth covering for the season and I put different items on it at the beginning of the new season that celebrate it. So um, for spring, 
I had, you know, like blown eggs and like pictures of bunnies and like lots of cute things. And then throughout the season, I like to gather things. Like I remember there was one fall where I went on a lot of walks and I would collect acorns and put them on. It's just a beautiful way for me to sort of celebrate and acknowledge the cyclical nature of life. I really like that because I feel like it's easy to kind of get lost, especially in LA where there yes. aren't so many seasons. I feel like that's a very kind of easy, periodic thing to do. Why do you guys think it's so important to have this intuitive DIY magic practice? Isabella here. I forget to say that always. Um, <laughs> for me, I feel like so many people get stuck before they could begin magic like they get stalled out like they want to explore magic and they just get stalled out feeling like they have to do it perfectly or they have to have memorized all these spells and have all this knowledge and it's your birthright like magic is part of your birthright and you can claim it right now and you can explore it right now with things that are already in your house so I feel like if you let yourself get stuck on that hurdle you're just missing out on so many amazing opportunities and you are enough, you already know enough, and you can tap into your intuition to explore what you already know you need. I love that, Bella. I think what you said about having it not be perfect is so important. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be like the ideal witch or the ideal mystic when really it should be messy. It should be crazy. It should be wrong sometimes. And it's super hard right now too, because it's Virgo season. <laughs> so everyone's in like perfection <laughs> control mode, but maybe it's the most important time to challenge it. Mm. Yeah. Shady here. I feel like it's important to go with your intuition because I feel like there's so many sources out there that it can be overwhelming, you know, telling you this is the right way or it's better to do this and that. And when you start taking it all in, it kind of becomes it's just too much. Um, so I feel like kind of shutting all those other sources off and just being your own source. Yeah. And I feel like particularly like as someone that does a lot of tarot work, so many people come to me wanting tips on how to start tarot. And it's like, just start, just look at the cards, see what you get from them. Like you don't have to have memorized all the meanings. The whole point is that it's a divination tool. It's not this thing that you have to memorize everything of. See what your intuition says. Exactly. Tony's here. And it's so much inspired by you like if if it's for you then you're gonna know better and you're you might interpret things differently like if you are into tarot which I am I don't have every single card memorized but every time I look at them depending on what situation I'm in I feel something different I get a different response and that response is always gonna be yours that's yours and the magic of using things that you find like I remember like having pine cones or mm. like yeah like I'm a really big fan listen crystals are beautiful I love the colors I love their powers but nothing beats a good rock that <laughs> called to you when yes. you're taking yes. a walk you rock know what lovers I mean? unite <laughs> yes absolutely and I do believe in cycles of life and death and 
resplendence in both of those aspects of things. And when I find a beautiful dead bug, mm. I give it like its own like ceremonial yeah. place. Mm-hmm. So I have two very special bugs that I found. I found one bumblebee that was in my apartment actually. And it was already in this tiny little ceramic case so I was like oh baby bee you didn't make it and so now it's like among flowers inside this little glass jar that I have on my altar and I I I send good energy to bees through that and I also found this really beautiful I also found this really beautiful beetle you know the like blue and green iridescent beetles oh my goodness me too and I found it walking to go get my mail it was already passed and I was like so I put these beautiful dried flowers that I had gotten from a florist that was discarding flowers so I didn't even have to buy the flowers folks they throw away so much um and I put together like its own little precious bed rest. Like it's like it's farewell. And anytime I want to remember that death is beautiful and it begets new things, I just look at my altar with these dead bugs that I totally found. That is so beautiful. I'm over here like tearing up at the at the idea thought of this little bee on Tony's altar. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. Yay. I'll post a picture or something. Um I I feel like intuitive magic is is just it's everything. And I was thinking about how how silly would it be if someone tried to give you directions on how to go to your own home when you know the best route to get there. And that's what intuitive magic is to me is is knowing the right directions and the right journey to take you back home. Because that's what spirit and magic is anyways. Um, and for me, like, I am such a green witch. I need plants. I need the earth. I need to feel connected to the earth. And similar to what Tony said about, like, you know, hearing that amazing rock speak to you. For me, what I love the most is to go outside and see what's in my own neighborhood and see what's nearby. Because the plants that are growing near you are exactly where they need to be to support you and the trees that hold you and see you every day as you walk down your street they know you better than any other plants in the world so I invite you to really familiarize yourself with the nature surrounding your home and even if you live in an urban area you might live you know near one small shrub that is just calling to you and asking for an energetic exchange and speak with it be really quiet and listen to the spirits that are calling to you and that can also not be necessarily nature, but just the energies around you. And also with DIY magic, I really like to play with the different elements. And I think we can incorporate earth, air, fire, and water into rituals that, you know, we practice on our own and anything we want to make up and having that kind of be like a guide. Yeah, and who doesn't have earth, air, fire, and water at home? (laughs) Um, This is kind of a tangent, but I'm just curious. Did you guys do that thing when you were a kid where you mix like mud or like dirt, water, flowers together in a bucket and you're like, this is a potion? Yes. Mm, I didn't. You didn't? Did you? 
No, I wasn't allowed to get dirty as a child. Oh, so just you and me. I would make mud pies and yeah. I would make like fairy cakes. Yeah. I was really into fairies as a kid and I definitely was like speaking to them and playing with all the fairies in my own head. It's just amazing to me how children are so naturally like intuitive and magical and they just create these beautiful like fantasies and yeah. they're like, this stick is my magic one. And you're like, okay, so it is. Mm-hmm. So it is because it's your intention. Yeah. You know, it was so crazy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had flashbacks like left and right. I had just like really crazy childhood regression stuff. And I had a flashback of a place that I used to play pretend in my own mind. And I was thinking like, wow, this imaginary place that I thought I had lost has actually come back to me. And I wonder what that means and what that represents. And so just kind of like being aware of what comes up for you, like that right there is magic. That is medicine. Why did it come up? I'm curious about that. I don't know if you guys have ever read this book, but I highly recommend it. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and she's phenomenal. Um, And it's about creativity, but one of the things that she suggests for people is to not necessarily follow their passions because passion can be really fleeting and instead to follow your curiosities because oftentimes your curiosities will lead you to your, your great passions. Um, and that's not to say there's anything wrong with passion, but I love following our curiosities as like a guide for magic as well. Yeah, I, I've noticed that anytime something pops up on my radar and it's the first time, or maybe it's not the first time and it's just the first time I've grown interest in it, that's usually something that takes me further down the path than the more direct route in my mind would have taken me. It's almost like taking the back roads. It's it's cooler in the long run, but it does sometimes feel dangerous because you're like, I, I feel like I'm not focused. How do I How do I divide myself between these things? I feel a pull in lots of different directions sometimes. Um, but when push comes to shove, I feel like curiosities, they invite the possibility of failure, but in an adventurous way, as opposed to like, oh my gosh, everything is going to crumble around me if I make any mistake and every move when you're passionate about something or you're not thinking about your moves at all, you can get so embroiled in what you're interested in. Also, I think too, like, I'm just thinking the more we're talking about, I'm just thinking, I think all magic is intuitive because even if you're following a spell or a ritual that you read in a book that's really specific and you're following it to the letter, how did you know that you needed that spell or that ritual? It was your intuition. And if we go back to our four mothers, you know, of witches before we had, you know, at least the internet, let alone like published books, you couldn't just go to the library. You know, the reason we probably learned, oh, this spell works well with this wording or with these herbs is because someone told us. So it's more kind of ancestral cultural wisdom that we now use through like the internet and books. But I still really feel like it's your intuition that gets you to that place. I agree. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. 
I mean, if you believe in universal consciousness, it's all in the ether, right? We're we're all already thinking what other people are thinking because as soon as it's thought, everybody has access to that thought. Mm-hmm. And I know. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, there was this really cool study that they did where they had people in a little focus group do the Sunday New York Times crossword puzzle, and mm-hmm, and they did a certain percentage well and a certain percentage not so well. And then they released the answers to the world. But they found people for a new focus group that didn't do the Times crossword puzzle that week, at least. And those people had a higher percentage of getting things correct. And they believe that it's because the answers were available to us. So when you go on the internet, even though Google is also paying attention to, can we say Google, uh, is paying attention to like the things that you're searching and whatnot. What comes up for you is, is for you, what you go back to. Like sometimes you'll read something and you're like, no. And then you find something else and you're like, am I just being, no, be, be honest about how it makes you feel. It's probably calling to you for a reason. Trust. So I'm wondering what, uh, for everyone here, like, what are some of your favorite household items? Because the other thing I feel like that holds people back from intuitive magic is like just thinking that they need all these elaborate and specific mm. tools and herbs. And like, for me, I use bay leaves a lot. I use um, cinnamon sticks a lot. They're a fantastic tool for sacred smoke, particularly with the um, compromised nature of Palo Santo and sage. So if you do buy those two, make sure you're buying them ethically. Um, Cinnamon sticks are great for that. You know, salt. There's so many fantastic tools we have already in our kitchen or our gardens. For you guys, what are some that you like using? Water. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about how powerful water is. It makes up so much of us and the world. Um, so being in being in touch with what's going on in the, in the moon cycle is very important to me because I'm not super good about it. So like because my personal menstrual cycle does not fall in line with the moon in a specific way, I'm more into like the new moon waxing than I am either the new moon or the full moon. Um, I have to like really keep track, but being able to connect with the moon in a way where I'm like, okay, let me fill my big glass clean jars up with water, filtered water, and put it outside and let it charge under the full moon or even the new moon. Just because I can't see her doesn't mean she's not powerful and there. Uh, And then being able to genuinely take her in to me to consume the power when I need it sparingly because you can OD on moon juice. To all our Sex Magic Podcast lovers, we are so excited to share with you our collaboration with Audible. For all our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And hit us up if you need a few book recs. You can DM us on Instagram or send us an email. What are you going to listen to? To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. <laughs> Wait, what happens? Um, I feel like it can do some 
burst opening. Um, I read some warnings on the internet not to go overboard on your moon water. Um, and moon drunk. Yeah, <laughs> moon drunk. I mean, it's kind of like the same feeling of um, using salt in the shower. If you use it on your shoulders and on your head to help open your highest chakras you can go overboard and you can get a little mm -hmm. disconnected with what's really going on uh i'm not saying that it will happen but if it happens it probably was the moon juice mm. shady here i would say just pen and paper something simple like that because normally i'm doing some type of reflection or just the act of committing thoughts to paper i think is really powerful so i usually always incorporate like some type of writing yeah you know what i saw on instagram that i thought was really funny someone said that if you were really tired of someone's bs you could write their name on toilet paper and just flush it down the toilet <gasps> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> What if you use the toilet paper in that? Ooh, oh, that is. <laughs> that, no. is that, no? <laughs> then you're mixing your energy with the Aww. name, too. Yeah, it's no. It's fish too fish. much. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick up my my doggy's poop with it or something. Like, oh. turd. You can also write on bay leaves and stuff, yeah, too, exactly. and burn them. I know Tosca has done that. Yeah, so. yeah. You, write your, cool. you write your wishes on bay leaves. I think yes. that's like a traditional Romani spell. Um, for me, it is so much more about the flow than what I'm actually doing. And I find that I get into this flow naturally if I'm feeling aligned. And sometimes I wake up and I just start cleaning. And the act of cleaning is so powerful because you're clearing your space. You're, you're getting ready for the new and you're, you're shifting your energy by shifting your space. Um, I also, I mean, for me, the flow happens when I have a ritual to lose myself in and to find myself in. Um, recently I have been indulging in like really fun bathing practices. Um, I love dry brushing and that's something that I do uh, before I shower where I dry brush my skin and I move it up towards my heart, which I think is the, the, the way that they tell you to do it. But also the act of exfoliating is just really powerful and, and sensing like what these things are physically doing to you also correlate with what they're doing to you emotionally. Um, so all these like bathing beauty practices really help connect me to my body and to my sensuality and to feeling very like connected to my Venus energy. Um, but also like Greenwich for life mm -hmm. gardening is the place I can go where my, my soul is like so connected and seeing the phases of the plants and really understanding and listening to what these plants need and sensing if there's too much water or too much sun and checking the soil, adding mulch and really tending to the garden is teaching me how to take care of myself. And I just, I love it there. I mean, it's so interactive because how many parts of the plant are you trying to nourish in what ways, right? Like how many yeah. ways can you go about taking care of all of these different plants and they all have such specific things that they call for. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now what I'm learning from the garden, which is 
a great lesson for this season is when it's okay to harvest. It's been so hard for me to take any of the, I have this beautiful Tulsi plant that's almost as tall as me now. It's crazy. And I'm having a hard time picking off the leaves because she's so beautiful and so powerful and Tulsi is the most sacred plant in India and it is a adaptogen, a heart opener and something I drink almost every day in the dried form. And I'm ready to dry my own herbs, but asking permission from this plant to harvest her leaves is so, uh, so scary and, and powerful and fun. So there's just so much you can get from simple acts. And I love that what you're really saying in that like fear and like, I don't know, like trepidation is that you honor her. You really want to honor her. Yeah. Like you put in all of this time and energy and cultivated mm-hmm. a real relationship, but you know, now she's trying to give back to you. I know. And you know, what's interesting. Oftentimes with ritual and with magic, we do these practices because we're hoping to like get something from them, but really they're teaching us about ourselves. So what does it say that I'm having a hard time harvesting, you know, from my garden and something now I can learn, oh, I can work on myself in this area. And I would never have maybe known that if I hadn't had this spiritual practice of gardening. One of my favorite, uh, super easy, accessible, like DIY sex magic specific rituals is writing down what I'm trying to manifest on a piece of paper and then placing it on my chest and having like a solo sex session with myself while I just stare at the writing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes afterwards, like I'll burn it and I'll say, okay, so it is. But I don't know. I just feel like there's so many like sexy ones too. That yeah, you it's so so hot. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I love the most because I love to be touched, but I don't love everyone's energy. <laughs> and like, even as a small child, the people that I let hug me were few and far between, family included. Everyone got the side eye, the left side eye, in fact. And so now one of the things that I like to do is really have a solo session with myself and a nice oil. I love oil. And whether you get something infused, you can get from your favorite uh, person um, something with a crystal in it, you know, you know, different types of things are available to you. Or you could just get just like a plain argan oil, just something that you can probably buy at like Trader Joe's. And you can either add things to it, like we talk about adding like rose to it, or I love lavender, just good fat smelling things, even grapefruit peels. Like I like to mm, use citrus yeah. to uplift me from that part of my body like my brain really likes that and have some time where I really just rub my entire body down with oil after a good shower Mm, yeah also side note Trader Joe's has a fantastic argan oil yeah it's really good it is I was being very specific I didn't just (laughs) (laughs) we're not getting paid to sell Trader Joe's I literally have that argan oil I mean you can sponsor us though it's fine (laughs) that would be wonderful Trader Joe's is where I go for all of my 
basic needs. You know, what really inspired me from what you said is like using the grapefruit peel. Mm -hmm. And what I think is really fun is that like challenge yourself. What do you usually throw away that you can reuse and make magical? Coffee grinds. (gasps) Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially as a scrub, I love to do uh, like use coffee grounds, salt and sugar as a scrub. And like the salt is really cleansing. Sugar brings extra sweetness into our life. Like there's so many things that you can use. And when you use things that you were going to throw away, like the environment is so happy with you. It's like added love for your magic. You guys. (laughs) For me, I love to use like the old glass jars and make medicine in them so like let's say I have like a jar of olives and then I use all the olives and then I have this empty jar instead of throwing it away I can take some of the herbs that I have from my garden maybe even make a medicinal honey out of it if you add any herbs to honey then it's like instant magic um something that I like to do as well is um and something I did a while ago and I posted about was I made these protection charms and I put them around my house and I walked around um I actually went on a hike in my neighborhood and this is a hike I go on all the time and these plants definitely these plants definitely know me and I asked like who wants to be present in this uh protection charm and the elder tree spoke to me and these really crazy thorns spoke to me so I gathered all the materials like after asking permission and ethically harvesting and I came home and I wrapped some twine around them and had them forming almost like a an x like a cross which I think is a really great symbol for, you know, don't fuck with me. And I put these charms around my house at the four corners, north, south, east, and west. And I definitely have felt way more safe and protected in my space because I set the intention of having these charms around my house. And it cost me no money. Uh, one of the things that I love doing is creating flower essences and I love teaching people how to do it because it's so easy. Um, obviously I don't have time to dive into it today, but if you Google how to make a flower essence, you will find out. Um, but it's so wonderful to pick plants that like you were saying, Tosca, like are in your environment and in your plant community. And I often will ask clients, like they'll say, Oh, I feel inspired to make a flower essence. How do I do it? And I'll teach them. I'll say, which is the plant that you've been really noticing or fixating on lately? And then we'll look it up and the significant meaning will be so, so, so relevant to whatever they're like processing at that time. And it's a pretty low cost, easy thing to make. And you can share it with your family and your communities. That's such a beautiful practice. And you can use that app too. What is it called to identify the plants we were talking about earlier? Plant Snap. (laughs) So I have a question because I think maybe people don't really know how to get started in having rituals and spell work. What are some common intentions that we use for magic? Like, is it to manifest? Is it for protection? What are some things that you guys use on your own? Tony here. I definitely use both the ones you just mentioned, like probably most often for protection. 
And what was the other one you said? Manifestation. Yeah, manifestation. I feel like I don't use manifestation as often as I use protection, but I definitely use protection if I'm going to go after manifestation. <laughs> I very often ask for strength and clarity. Mm, I love I love asking for clarity. That's one of my favorite, favorite things. And I might, I'm a Gemini, which is an air sign, and so I feel like I often seek that. I also love it for cleansing too. Like one of my favorite things to do is slice a lemon really thinly and take a bath with magnesium flakes, Epsom salts, and those thinly sliced lemons. Rosemary is really good in there too, as is thyme. And then when I drain the bath, I grab big handfuls of them and like scrub my whole body and then I rinse off. And it's so like you just feel like a completely different, like lighter version of yourself. It's so great. Just to remind everyone, you could also use salt, like pink Himalayan sea salt or some type of sea salt to scrub yourself in the shower to help you cleanse and open through different chakras. So mm. if you're feeling a blockage in your heart center, you can rub it there. Don't don't go so abrasive. Love yourself. Be kind. And Close your eyes envisioning light and it can be whatever color comes up or you can think specifically of the color green, which is representative of the heart chakra. Um, whatever speaks to you. Sometimes I think about my heart opening and I just feel like sunlight or like white light. So embrace whatever comes to you in that and then just rinse it off gently, being mindful of your intentions with that part of your body. Mm. I love spells for grounding and I think it's always important to do that and I have a morning ritual that I do every day and I burn sacred smoke which really helps shift my consciousness and balance me but then I go outside and I just put my feet on the earth even if it's not soil though soil preferred um, I feel like just having that connection to the earth is just really powerful and just getting you in check. Uh, another great tool for grounding is uh, foot baths. So even if you don't have time for a full bath, just, you know, before your day starts, maybe at the end of the day when you want to relax and come back into your body, uh, you can use some Epsom salts, Himalayan salt, a few essential oils if you feel called, maybe some rosemary, uh, any herbs you feel called, and just let your feet soak and let yourself relax. Our feet are really, really powerful, and all of our nerves come back into our feet, and so it's good for the nervous system as well. Yeah, I feel like that's really important too, just letting people know that, you know, the magic that you do doesn't have to be like a super serious, long, drawn out thing. It can be like something like quick and easy, like a foot soak instead of doing like a full on like ritual bath. So I feel like that has prevented me sometimes from doing magic because I've been like, oh, I want to do it the right way. I want to have like this like long, you know, intense experience and it doesn't have to be um, so in depth or involved. Yeah. I mean, even going for a walk around the block, that can be a ritual to just shift your consciousness. Like if you've had a long day and you're feeling just not yourself or really exhausted, just take a walk around the block and let that shift your consciousness. Honestly, we mentioned it earlier in this episode, but now it's come up again. We just 
put on a really great song and danced. Yes. And it, it shifted, shifted our mood. It really did. As, as a group, you know, like all of us. And so I think that that's a wonderful, <laughs> very inexpensive way. I like to sing. And, sound healing. And yeah, sound healing is seriously so fun. You can feel the vibration through you, shaking you. Um, breath is always easy, easy, easy way to come back into your body. Whether you like have practice with breath work, if you have any experience with Kundalini, if you do any Vipassana or meditation, you can bring all of these things together in order to shift your consciousness. And then you'll be in a magical place. You'll be kind of in a creative state. When you get into a creative state almost, you know, after a, a little bit of meditation, silence, some really focused breath, you get kind of blissed out. And that takes away a lot of the tensions or storylines in my head that might otherwise block whatever I was trying to get to by thinking that I have to be perfect in this or that I don't really remember how to call all the corners or whatever. Oh, is it supposed to rhyme? Like just even just taking that couple minutes with a breath and meditation mm -hmm. it it can be the beginning of every ritual yeah and it costs zero dollars and I feel like just going back that sort of takes us back to where we began of like there is maybe no perfect way to do magic and don't let structure rules discipline hold you back from getting started in your practice because it is your birthright and it is a fantastic avenue to expand your life in every single way and just remember that your intuition is integral you already know everything you need to know and you can begin today Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to 
Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. Means a lot. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes and we're so grateful to do that and have your support.